Hello again. We are back with another edition of the WFNY podcast brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. We are live on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. Um, today I'm joined by the OBR's Jake Burns. It was supposed to be a very positive talk about the Browns preview in the playoffs, preview in another third, re- I guess, a third rematch with the Steelers. Just being super positive because the Browns are in the playoffs. But given today's news, it's kind of a little bit of a downer, obviously. But, hey, the Browns are still in the playoffs. They still have a shot, even if they don't have their head coach, even if they don't have a few players. Um, But, yeah, Jake, welcome back. What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. I guess. I mean, it's kind of pointless to – I know we've been doing, like, third – third quarter recaps and we should recap the fourth quarter, but it's obvious what the Browns did. They did enough to make the playoffs, which is all that matters in the end. 11 and five couldn't ask for much more than that. But what are your yeah. thoughts, I guess on the fourth quarter of the season? And then I guess this is a broad question, but today's news. Well, um, you know, they, they did whatever uh, they needed to do to get in, you know, they, they, they lost that Ravens game, which was a tough loss. Um, you know, it felt like it felt like a Browns game. Not many of us have watched before in terms of a team on prime time battling back. You know, overcoming some adversity, uh, a turnover there in their own five yard line, and um, you know, battling back and having a chance to win and just coming up short. Obviously, they um, showed some resiliency. Uh, going to New York, getting a big win against the Giants, which was good to see. And then the rug fell out from underneath them, right, man? Like they, they got ripped out, and um, they, they feel good going into the Jets game. And the night before, uh, the, the everything breaks, and all of a sudden your flight's delayed. And when you get there and you're in the parking lot the next day trying to walk through personnel groups and where everyone's supposed to be, and and uh, that carries into the next week, the Pittsburgh, uh, you know, home game here we just watched, which is maybe a day of normal practice um, in, in which, you know, they got it done, which is great. They, they were able to win, and, and enough can't be said about that. I think today's downer news kind of puts a diminishing note on the fact that these guys made the playoffs, man. We haven't seen that in 18 years, and they, they overcame uh, a ton of adversity. And in a way, the fourth quarter of the year, uh, was a microcosm of everything, right? Where, where you're you're right where you want to be. You think you have everything in position. Things change. Can't make excuses. Although excuses are very easily made and very understandable, they overcome them, which is awesome. And then um, this happens, right? Which is just terrible. It's it's. it's and I like, guess we. Yeah, yeah go ahead. On. I would say it's almost like they're reminded that they are in fact the Cleveland Browns. They might be eleven yeah. five. They might be in the playoffs, but they are in fact the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's what's weird and unfortunate is that they play the Ravens and then an issue happens, you know, and obviously we know the parallels between these situations now with Cleveland and Baltimore and everybody wanting some sort of movement the way that Baltimore's situation was moved around to help them out. And uh, they play Baltimore. All of a sudden they have a COVID issue and it spreads and it's not contained. And, and the, the question that becomes challenging is this, you know, which is what I post today is how how it's justified whether something is is brought in from the community or brought in via the locker room and if it's spreading through the locker room does that make it a bigger issue 
or or we're only going to say it starts in the locker room and and that's the only time they can move some. So I was annoyed, frustrated. I know that they're not going to move it for competitive advantage stuff. We knew that from the beginning of the season. There's never going to be a, well, you don't have any quarterbacks in your roster. Suck it up. Like we knew that was yep. going to happen. I had no doubt. But they set a pretty clear precedence between Tennessee and Baltimore that that they were willing to, if it was a breakout in a locker room where we saw a consistent pattern of positive tests, that they would move it. But I don't. I don't know. There's 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 three different strains I'm hearing about, and that tells them that things didn't happen in the building. They're brought from the community, and I just it just feels weird. But I listen. I'm the last guy to to talk to about Cleveland conspiracies, where I, I you know where everything in the world is against the Browns, and there's a big NFL conspiracy to talk to hold. Them. I, I don't. I don't vibe with that stuff. But it's it's very weird, and I I don't think this is easily explained. Um, the way that it needs to be, I guess. You know, if there was, I felt like there was some caution with Tennessee. Uh, the Ravens thing got worse. Then, and in both of those cases, they had people break protocols. You know, there has been yep. no real evidence of they 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 traced uh, they contact traced the Browns wide receivers in the and and BJ Goodson in the in the hot tub tank or whatever. You know, the recovery tank and. And there was some no mask stuff going on there, which, you know, fine. They're in a hot tub. Maybe they didn't think they had to wear masks when they were going in the hot tank or whatever. But, like, there's no breaking protocol. And that's what is extremely frustrating to me is, you know, there's no – the weight room, you know, the, the strength and conditioning coach wasn't wearing a mask or, or whatever. There's been none of that. The, the documented that we know of. So it's like, okay, these guys are doing everything the right way. It seems like a genuine issue is happening. Whether it started in the locker room or started in the community, it doesn't matter. It's spreading in the locker room. So like they didn't break any rules here. So it just it's it was natural. So why are we punishing um the Browns when we didn't punish anyone else? It I don't know. You could complain all day about this stuff. It's not gonna change what's going on. It's not gonna change that they won't there's no clear path in the regular season. There was a clear path to moving these things around. We could take the Steelers midweek season by, move it up, change the game, whatever, whatever, or Tennessee's or whatever. I think at that time they moved to Tennessee Pittsburgh game or something like that. And it's like, but they can't do that now. So it's like, Oh, well, what do we do? And, and the thing is, Josh, like if they move it a week, it doesn't matter. If they move it back a week, it, it, it changes nothing. They, they, they don't get any of these guys back anyway. They're not, they have yeah. to go 10 days no matter what. So moving it back to, you know, Thursday isn't going to change the outcome of the situation. It's going to have no ramification on it. So it is just a, the terrible cliche. It is what it is. Is the situation, man. So they the the hope here is that uh, although they're dealing with stuff that is pretty, uh, I guess the word is crushing. Uh, you know, losing Stefanski, losing Batonio. Um, I think you can overcome Kadero Hodge, but it gets a little tight now that you've lost Donovan Peoples-Jones to a concussion. Um, you know, you, you start to say, well, if it gets worse throughout the week, they contact Trace or they come up with any other positive tests, it's just going to be a blowout. Like, there's just no – eventually, next man up is over. Like, you can only next man up so many next men, and it's just like that you, is run out of, you run out of – you run out of dogs at some point. Like you run yeah. out of like you know you you run out of those guys. You got your guys, your your best, and and um, <laughs> the skill isn't always the same. So it sucks, dude. It, it, and you we the, the cliche again only in Cleveland, OIC, whatever. Um, 
it just it's just really unfortunate, man. And it's tough that they haven't been able to get us to hang on this. And I tweeted it out earlier, which incited like this giant masks or stupid conversation. Every time I tweet something, I swear to God. People take it and they I go think the lesson is never tweet anything I, I, about COVID. I shouldn't because I said like Kevin Stefanski to me, especially early in the year, I noticed a ton of coaches with their masks off. Like they they were just very lazy about it. And I never noticed him with a mask off. He's very diligent about wearing a mask. He obviously was going to be diligent, just his personality, diligent about protocols. Um, and I just was like, if this guy can get it, man, anyone can get it. And I obviously have tweeted out that I had it over the course of the last two weeks. And and I was lucky that I didn't have any symptoms other than I couldn't taste or smell for about seven days. But, um, you know, anybody, I'm, I don't go anywhere. I work from home. I, I, I literally go nowhere. I maybe go out to pick up dinner every now and again, but I don't go to stores. I don't go inside a place. I've been I've been super careful about it. It gets into our house somehow. I get it. My family gets it, and it's just like I don't know how they avoid it. Guy guys like Kevin who who are very diligent about their process with this stuff, and I can guarantee you they're following it to a T. If you watch Building the Browns and all this stuff, man, uh, they they they're they're just very cautious. And and if he can catch it, and all it takes is him handing the the game ball to Batonio and. And and he gets it through that. Ver- it's just, it's it. Uh, I li- listen. I don't think it's going to stop. I think there's going to be more names that happen this week. I just, I, I agree. Just, unfortunately, it's only it's only Tuesday, which is the problem too. Yeah, it's yeah. only Tuesday. But yeah, I actually forgot that you had COVID. So obviously, you're you're here and looking good. So that's good news. I mean, yeah, I guess it's good news that I you had to remind me that you had it. Yeah, no, it's it, there are different. I think there are different levels to this thing. It attacks people differently, and there are different types of it that are going around that have different symptoms. And and I was lucky enough that I had a couple of days of body fatigue, and and you know, kind of brushed it to just because COVID is a is a thing. This flu season, cold season, doesn't mean the other ones quit. You know, so I didn't have a lot of the symptoms. I just kind of thought my body was fatigued and and a little sore, but didn't have a fever, didn't have a runny nose, didn't have any of that stuff. So. I got a little bit of nose congestion and coughed a couple of days, but I was like, it's kind of, if this was, if this was a virus, it would like COVID, I would presume it'd be much worse. Well, and then I, I go to Christmas dinner and I couldn't taste anything. So it was like, okay, this is one of the things that they point to. And I'm like, okay, maybe I did have it and I tested and I do. And, you know, but it, it is what it is. You get through it. And, and, um, it's not I, I've been lucky my family's been lucky but there have been others who have not been lucky so you don't know how it's going to attack any person Miles Garrett has not been the same since Miles came back from having it um, it's pretty obvious that there's a level of lung I think there's a lung thing going on there uh, dur- uh, duration in which he can go full speed full capacity I think is, is it is impacting him if you look at the data from performance of his over the course of the season from when he left to when he's returned it is um, undeniable uh, what yeah, the, what the it's drastically different. You can so, even you know, without like, even looking at anything, you can just tell just by watching. He's, yeah, yeah, and and he comes, you know, Dio Denzel comes back, and and we're all saying, okay, does he have enough time? But he has to test negative. He's got to pass protocols the same way with Harrison, you know, Harrison Bryant and and uh, Anderson Dale, BJ Good. So those guys all got to pass protocol. They can't be sick. Like like I said, some people they're they get genuinely sick from this thing, and um, so some people, you know. The, they, they they can't handle it and it, it's just different person to person so while we all get upset we all get frustrated about it I get it 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 it's just 
you got to keep in mind these are human beings at the end of the day who are dealing with catching an actual virus that could be bad. So, you know, hopefully the, all these guys who are showing up on this, especially the older coaches, Bill Callahan, um, some of those older, you know, names, and, and even, you know, it attacks heavier guys. It can, it can attack them in a, in, a, in a dangerous way too. So guys like Batonio getting it, uh, you, have to, you have to hope that, that they come out of it okay. And that's the thing. I hate that Petonio got it. I mean, he got the game ball for being the longest tenured Brown. He finally makes the playoffs. Then, boom, it's like reality sets in, and he's reminded that he is, in fact, a Cleveland Brown. And, I mean, even if they lose this weekend, he's still not going to be able to play in his first playoff game. It's tough. It's, it's tough because, you know, maybe they win. Maybe if they win, he has a chance to play in the next one. Maybe they Maybe they make it next year, but you never know. They thought they were going to go again in 2008 and beyond. They thought they were going to go again in 2015, maybe even beyond. You never, you never know. Uh, even 2003, you know, the year after they made the playoffs last, they thought they would keep going, but nothing's promised in the NFL. They go on the road to Kansas City, Green Bay, and Minnesota next year. It's like you just never know when the schedule's going to align, and you never know when you're going to get a chance to make the playoffs or beyond. And it's really tough that Joel will be missing this one. It's not a death sentence in terms of his football career. They could they could make a playoff run again, but it is tough for him to, to be a loyal member of a team that has struggled for so long while his play has been so quality and and get a chance to go and miss it. It's just it's just kind of uh, harsh. It's the anti poetic justice, right? Uh, yeah, justice. exactly. All right, so the Browns are without Stefanski, their play caller and head coach. They're without Petonio, their Pro Bowl offensive lineman. They're without Hodge and possibly DPJ. Um, even with that, oh, and without Vernon because he tore his Achilles, and Miles Garrett obviously isn't one hundred percent. But even with all of that, if you were to have the perfect blueprint for the Browns upsetting the Steelers in Pittsburgh and Cleveland going crazy, what would it be? Um, I think the blueprint is the blueprint for them, and that is they have to create some turnovers on defense. They have to get some breaks. Uh, the ball has to bounce their way a couple times. I even thought, you know, the Pittsburgh game had plenty of Pittsburgh bounces. You know, the Vernon sack where Mason Rudolph somehow doesn't fumble, um, even though the ball jars loose, it just lands in his lap. A couple of plays where they were reaching out and, and just a just an inch or two away from knocking a ball away in, cl- in clutch situations and. And uh, I thought Pittsburgh got a lot of those little mini breaks in that game. So you need those to go your way. You need Pittsburgh to be off. You need them to miss some things. You need them to turn it over a couple times. And then on offense, you have to run it. If you can't run it and you fall behind against Pittsburgh, which that's my other key point, you have to play from out in front if you fall behind. And and uh, TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and those guys can just un- unleash and, and, and know that you're going to be passing. And Baker's just kind of sitting back there without his best five offensive linemen, then it's a problem. You're, you're – fighting an uphill battle at that point, and, and it's a battle that I think they would have a hard time a hard time winning because uh, Pittsburgh does a lot of things defensively with their best out there when they're throwing their best game plan that is tough to handle. So uh, they have to play from out in front. If they, The first quarter will tell the story. If they can run the football, uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll have a chance. If they, if they can't and they're bottled up, uh, whatever schemes they try to try to use and deploy or whatever, then it will it will be a long it'll be a long day. But they can't turn it over, right? They can't have what up, Craig? They 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 can't have any. Uh, Craig's they, can't have a, they, they can't have a pick six early, man. They can't they can't walk one into Minka's hands and let him run it back. And they have to play a very clean game. So a clean game on both sides of the ball. 
and then uh, and then maybe the football gods will say, hey, man, we've been tough on you guys here lately. You guys can have a couple of these little mini breaks. So uh, there is no perfect formula, though, Josh. It is yeah. it is just going to be, scra- you know, scrape and scratch and get, claim every inch you can and, 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 and hope for the best. Craig, do you have an answer for that? Or if not, I want to uh... – I just I just decided to crash hard. You know, we've got got some some more podcasts tonight. Josh squeaked in under the wire with uh, Jake Burns. I just yeah. wanted to say hi. Um, no, I I I didn't hear the first part of the podcast, but at the same time, like what you're saying is true. They got a scratch and claw. Um, no pressure though, right? You got to feel like the Browns have zero pressure whatsoever. They've got every excuse in the book. Nothing but upside. For sure. I mean, and I would hope that they'd empty. What is the phrase? Empty the clip, right? Like if you have some trick plays up your sleeve, run. The problem is how much are they going to get together? Trick plays are often uh, calculated success things where you get together and you run them in practice and you have a feel for them. Uh, How much of that are they comfortable with, with maybe one or two practices over the course of two weeks? That stuff, that stuff matters, right? Like um, we'll see, but I would, I would imagine it's uh, I, I, I I was asked this question earlier on a stream and, and they said, you know, did Kevin Stefanski hold back some things? And, I, you know, I, you probably have to get some truth serum to, to get that answer out of him. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It would be awful, uh, awful brazen to do that, given the situation and trying to win an, a do-or-die game for the first time getting the franchise to the playoffs in 18 years. But maybe he did. They didn't run many screens, didn't run a ton of play action. Uh, some of those things that have been really good for them, they didn't run them. So uh, I would imagine this is, like I said, an empty-the-clip game where they, if they have a reverse they feel really good about or if they have a fake punt. They ran a fake punt week one. I haven't seen anything since then. Got a fake field goal you feel good about. Anything you've been tucked into your back pocket, what is that, Maserati concept they, they, they called that they've had tucked in their back pocket for a third down, they, they pulled it out and ran it. So I would imagine anything on both sides – uh, would would be all hands on deck, and you're right, Craig. It is it is completely stress free from Cleveland's perspective. You have built in excuses. I know they don't want to use them. You have them though, and you should play a game where you're just kind of taking shots, like just do whatever whatever thing you think you you can't do. Try to try to pull it off because this is a situation where the the the, the deck is clearly stacked against you. And I'm going to give it back over to Josh after this one. But like, how excited are you? Because this is something that occurred to me. Like once the shock of all the COVID stuff occurred to me and it, it settled in my brain. Now I'm just really excited to see how Baker reacts to this situation because you know, we can talk about Miles Garrett. We can talk about Nick Chubb. We can talk about Denzel Ward. It, it, the quarterback is the ultimate position in this sport. It's the most, it's maybe the most important position in the entire sports American sports landscape. And we are going to get to see Baker Mayfield in a high pressure situation where everything's stacked against him. He's been the ultimate competitor. We've seen the highs, we've seen the lows. And I'm just excited to see what, now that all the pressure's off, because I've got no expectations for this game, I can't wait to see what he does in this situation. It's a great point, man. And you want to talk about shutting everyone up for good, like go win this game and, and really ball out. Like if you want to shut up the daily talk shows, if you want to hey, shut Colin up the Yeah, exactly. Right. Like anybody. And, and if you go win this game and he puts up a three bills and two touchdowns, three touchdowns and they win, then then people, there's nothing people can say. I mean, there's literally that, that would be like you said, maybe the moment where if he becomes what we ultimately hope he becomes, you say, hey, man, remember 2021 playoff game where he went to Pittsburgh and they won that game and he ripped him apart? Like that would be a moment that could transcend for him an early part of his career. Because we've been looking for that, right? Like those standout Baker games that make us say like, ah, this guy's it. This guy is what we think he can become. And you saw some of that with like Tennessee – uh, going and winning that football game. And and I think that in a way Sunday was a little bit of that, just making enough plays to win. But you're right. If you're looking for a game where he 
uh, can can really transcend things and really and really take uh, this franchise to a level that you hope your quarterback can ultimately take you to. This is the stage for him to do that. So I hope I hope he does. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, I'll be back in about ten minutes with OK Pants. Bye, guys. Good to see you. <laughs> see you, Greg. Good to see you. Um. Yeah. Speaking of Baker, with no, I feel like Baker with no. I feel like he does. He loves the pressure because of his just his attitude. But I would love to see Baker. I will obviously hopefully get to see unless something happens. Baker with literally zero pressure. Yeah. I, this is unique. I mean, you don't many times get into the playoffs where people will be like, well, there was obviously an excuse why maybe they didn't perform or uh, why they lost. It's, it's easy to see, but, but there is like, I I'm, I'm a firm believer in this and this kind of touches back on a high of state in a sense where, where sports are, or, or, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. There, there's such a motivation business where if everybody unites behind something, you know, it's it's the 2014 Ohio State team. It was nobody thinks we should be here. We don't belong. Uh, and the same thing kind of happened this year, right? Where Dabo Sweeney ranks them 11th. They all get behind that message, and they don't belong. Our backs are against the wall. Nobody believes in us. That's the same thing that could happen for Cleveland, which is you know, pro sports, the NFL especially, it, it comes down to your dogs in the fight more often than not. But there is like, hey man, everyone thinks we're going to lose, so screw it. Let's just go play. Let's do what we do and, and go make plays and, and and get everybody to believe in us. Like there's some of that that can happen here. And that back against the wall thing, and and it's kind of the same way Pittsburgh played in week 17, right? Where everyone presumes we're gonna lose. Let's just go play. Let's take shots downfield. Let's take fade shots down the side. Let's throw this deep ball to Deontay and try to take the top off it. Like that's that's a real thing, man. So maybe they do. Maybe they show up and maybe Baker plays carefree. He plays with a sense of uh you know, that, that, that jovial bravado stuff that has made him who, who special player that he can be sometimes, maybe that stuff happens and he just rips it and he believes what he sees. And you never know. Any given Sunday was a name of a movie for a reason. Any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. And while the Browns are going to miss some important pieces and miss their leader, uh, their, their ultimate leader, they, they, they still have a lot of guys who can play, man. So, uh, you know, it just takes a couple slip-ups from the home team in this game and all of a sudden – a window cracks open and and they can they can plow through it. So, although it's it's the odds are against them, it's obviously stacked heavily in Pittsburgh's favor. Uh, you'd be silly not to believe that. It, it, it doesn't mean that that they can't win. It doesn't mean they can't find a way to still um, somehow get it done. So I'm fascinated by it. And there's a great point by Craig about Baker about you know if you want to be the transcendent superstar quarterback, you know you were drafted to be the number one pick and believe we can get there and all of that. That's your stage, man. This is a real stage to to make that happen, and and uh, I hope they I hope they get to I hope he gets to strut it. I hope it happens for him. Speaking of Baker and the offense and getting the early lead, all that, um, we know the offense is the best part of this team. The defense struggles mightily, especially without Denzel Ward and a uh, iffy Miles Garrett. We ought, we already talked that he's not one hundred percent. Um. Usually when you win the coin toss, Joe and I talked about this on Sunday. Usually when you win the coin toss, you defer to the second half. Mm -hmm. I feel like getting a lead in a game like this and getting confidence in the team is so important. Do you think, I mean, it seems like something so little, but if the Browns win the coin toss, they have to elect to receive, right? You not only give yourself more opportunities to take the lead early, but then you give your offense more opportunities in the first half. Yeah, I mean – they got to listen. I said it earlier. They got to play from in front. However, they think their best 
suited to get front. If they think they have a really good feel for what Pittsburgh's going to do offensively and they think they can get a quick three and out, I'm fine. Whatever. You know, I get your point totally about more possessions than the first half. That that makes sense. Uh, I would I would hope that they they stay aggressive. And whether if that aggressiveness means taking the football and we're going to score right away, then cool. I'm fine with that, man. Like, do what you got to do. But they got to play from in front, Josh. They cannot they cannot play from behind and uh, expect to expect to pull off a miracle here. It just it's really hard to envision that happening. So it's important that Cleveland uh, plays from out in front, gets out in front early, or at least keeps it neutral to within seven points so that they can keep the running game an impactful part of their scheme. And, and that'll give them a chance. So I, I think you're right. It, it's, it's playing from out in front early. Yeah. Playing out in front, not only gives Nick Chubb who should be very fresh <laughs> considering the last two weeks, he has like 25 carries in total. Um, yeah. And not only, not only gives him more opportunities, but just this team just play. I mean, obviously it's cliche. You play better when you're winning, but for this team, especially, they just are drastically different if they have a lead. Oh, the offense is built around having a lead. It's just yes. it's just a system that's Absolutely. built around running and and two backs and a dominant offensive line. Even Sands Batonio, it's it's still got four or five guys are really really good and and they can they can control games that way and they feel good about that and the deception that comes in naturally off that stuff. So. Um, yeah, any any team who's built their mo on on getting a lead and closing the door in the second half with the run game, they 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 definitely feel like they have to play from out in front. And getting out in front doesn't mean they have to run to get out in front. They can they can find some passing schemes they really like to throw the football, throw to get the lead, and run to close the door. So that is the formula. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I I'm hoping for the best, but I won't say expecting the worst. But just my my heart is hoping for the best, but I just don't. It would have been tough to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in the playoffs with a full slate. Now without your head coach, without your play caller, without your Pro Bowl guard. Who else? It's only Tuesday. Who? Else, hopefully, no one else tests positive. But we still have five days to find out. So I, I'm just trying to be positive. As a Browns fan, I'm yeah. happy they're in the playoffs. I know this wasn't even supposed to be their year, um, but yeah. Whatever happens, happens. I'm glad the Browns don't have any pressure, especially now, given the situation. And just go out there and hopefully Baker balls out. Hopefully he proves that he is, in fact, the quarterback of the future, and that's all you can hope for. Yeah, they can't have any more issues. If, if they have a clean rest of the week, I'll feel a little bit of, uh, a little bit of hope uh, involved in this whole thing. But if it, if it keeps getting worse and worse and worse every morning, like we saw last week, it, it can get really bleak. So... Uh, the best thing here as we sit on a Tuesday night and talk about a Sunday night football game is that uh, nothing else comes of this. Fingers crossed, man. Yep. All right. Jake, thanks for joining us. Sorry it wasn't as exciting as it could have been given this morning's news. But, hey, the Browns are 11-5. Anything can happen in Pittsburgh. That's right, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I look forward to uh, watching Sunday, and hopefully Monday night happens too, and it'll be a good weekend of football. Thanks, guys. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. 
That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 